Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our last week's liturgy, our Lord reminded us that where we choose to place the gaze of our soul at any given moment, will have a direct impact into our experience of Christ our God and His kingdom as we walk through this wilderness journey with Christ through this present life. We can fix our eyes upon Christ and all the things, the blessed things of His kingdom, and in doing so, we can find ourselves firmly established in Him, immovable by the storms and the tempests that come and blow at us from this fallen world, and experience in his kingdom the foretaste of joy and his peace that he offers us through his life and his kingdom. We can do that. Or we can focus our thoughts, we can focus our minds on the disturbing realities, the disorders, the passions, the politics, and all the things that stem from our fallen condition and the fallen condition of this world and all of the souls therein. And when we fix our eyes on that, we drown. Our peace and our joy will diminish if there's any peace or joy to be found at all in those times and moments. Today our Lord, in many ways, continues this exhortation wanting to call us to himself that we constantly focus the gaze of our souls only upon him. As we, on the fourth Sunday of Easter tide, as always, we begin to shift our gaze as we're about to have our leave-taking of Eastertide and come to his glorious ascension, and then beyond that, the blessed day of Pentecost, very briefly after the ascension. Which is why we're given the Holy Scripture from the Gospel of St. John in chapter 16, where Jesus tells his disciples these words. He says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And he will take of that which is mine, and he will bestow it. Christ our God is now preparing his disciples for his departure at the glorious ascension and also giving them the sure and certain hope as he speaks of the day that would absolutely change everything beyond his ascension, the day of Pentecost, where he would pour out his Holy Spirit into every life baptized into him. You see, the disciples, hearing these words that he's leaving, they were saddened in their heart and Jesus knew it. And so he assures them with these truths. He says, it is to your advantage. It is to your advantage. It will be so much better for you. It will be the only way that you can receive absolutely everything necessary from me to experience my life, to experience my salvation, and so that every one of my good works can be accomplished in and through each one of you. It is to your advantage that I go away, he's telling them. For if I do... I will send God the Holy Spirit, who he here calls the Helper, 
or some translations, the comforter. In the Greek, it's parakletos. Parakletos, and it is a beautiful description of the role of the person of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church and in the life of every Christian. Because it means that God the Holy Spirit is the one who will come alongside us in this life. He is the one who will come to our aid at any moment we turn our gaze to him. To be a strength to us in this journey. To be a comfort to us in the midst of storms and sufferings. To enable us to do things endued with power from on high. That Christ may be magnified in and through our lives. And to illuminate us. Think about that. To illuminate us. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit would take what is mine and share it with you. The Holy Spirit to illuminate us by taking the mind of Christ. And sharing his thoughts with us over anything. This is why Jesus says it's so far better that he ascend. You know, we think about the blessed indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this great gift for our salvation. We speak often about being endued with power from on high so that collectively every living stone can take their place in the church and be the absolute continuing ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ into a world of darkness, bringing them into the ark of salvation. And this is absolutely true. But our Lord would have us concentrate on another great blessing and benefit of the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It actually comes from our collect today. Remember the collect prayer at any given Mass. It is the very prayer that, yes, the priest prays, but we pray together in our hearts. And by that prayer, it gives us the focus of a revelation of God to us. Something we're all to look upon and have a bit of time with. And that collect prayer today prays this. Almighty God, who alone can order the unruly wills and affections of sinful men, grant to your people that they may love the things that you command and desire that which you promise, that so among the sundry and manifold changes of this world, you know what it's saying there? We are constantly having chaos thrown at us around the ark of salvation. There's never been a time the church has not known this reality. Because only in the ark of salvation is the order and the peace of God established in his kingdom by Christ through his Holy Spirit. But with all of those constant changes and shifting and eruptions that go on outside of the ark of salvation, among the sundry and manifold chances of this world, our hearts may surely there be fixed, where true joys are to be found. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to our advantage to bring the disorders from our fallen nature into the blessed order, the holy order of God himself. So that regardless of the condition of the world around us, the culture of the world around us, outside of his kingdom, our hearts can be safe. Our hearts are protected. Our hearts are stayed and fixed upon Christ. And all the manifold realities and blessings of how thin the veil is that the kingdom of God has come very near to each one of us to be experienced. And it's there and only there that sustained peace and true joys can be found. Nowhere, nowhere else. 
the Holy Spirit given to us to bring us out of the illnesses of our own souls that cause calamity to within ourselves. As the helpmate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit's coming alongside us actively and daily protecting us from the influence of the chaos that's all around us, the disordered culture, and the world, again, that has always surrounded the church. I'd like you to hear a teaching from St. Cyril of Alexandria, patriarch of the early church in the A.D. 300s. Listen to his words on this gift related to what we're talking about, the gift of the Holy Spirit related to our subject today. He says, as long as Christ was with them in the flesh, the believers would have thought that they had possessed all the blessings he had to offer. But when the time came for him to ascend to his Father in heaven, it was necessary for him to be united through his Spirit to those who worshipped him, to dwell in our hearts through faith. And this would enable us to grow in holiness and through the gaining of the all-powerful Holy Spirit, strengthen us to become invincible against the traps of the devil and the assaults of our fellow fallen human beings. St. Cyril continues teaching by saying this, You see that the Spirit changes those in whom he comes to dwell and alters the whole pattern of their lives. With the Spirit within them, it is quite natural for people who had been absorbed by the things of the world to become entirely otherworldly, for the kingdom of God becomes their world. I want you to ask yourself the question, as I've been doing this week myself, how much are we still absorbed in the information and the realities of the culture outside of the ark of salvation? We can tell by how often emotionally and spiritually, maybe even physically at times, we're swayed by all the things we see and hear. If we're constantly losing our peace and our joy with everything around the church, then it tells you where the gaze of your soul is. And we are denying the work of the Holy Spirit to safeguard and protect us, keeping our hearts stayed upon the only kingdom you will ever permanently have. The kingdom of God eternal, established in our hearts, established in our corporateness, established in this world through flesh and blood by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I love that statement with the spirit within them. It's natural for people who had been absorbed by the things of this world to become entirely otherworldly. For the kingdom of God Speaking of the giving of the Holy Spirit, St. James in chapter 1, our epistle reading, listen to what he says. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We just prayed about the constant changes and chaos in a culture, but in God. God, his very nature is unchangeable, immovable, and therefore every truth of his faith is unchangeable and unmovable. And therefore, because he has shared himself with us in his church, the church itself is unchangeable and unmovable by the work of the Holy Spirit, despite our frailties and our flesh. 
And he says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. When he's called the Father of lights, I want you to understand what St. James is saying. Because that word is like illumination. It's like the one, the Father, who ever illuminates us with himself. The Father who illuminates us with the light of his truth. And there is no other truth. The person of the Holy Spirit is the great gift given to us that we may constantly receive the divine light and revelation of a living God. The God who said he is truth, that even our minds might be brought into harmony with his mind. As the Holy Spirit shares the mind of Christ with us for those who are seeking him. For those who have ears to hear and eyes to move towards him and keep their gaze on him. He shares his thoughts with us and illuminates us. I want to talk briefly about just two illuminations that the Holy Spirit does in our lives toward what we're speaking of today. Keep us at peace and in the joy of the kingdom. For those who make Christ their dwelling place, giving him permission to do as the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. To those with the loving humility to present themselves to God like that. Come, Holy Spirit. Search this heart. See where I'm still broken. See where there is still the remnants of the fallenness of this world within my soul that I was born into. Shine your light upon it. We're literally seeking the Holy Spirit for this role. If you've ever walked into a dark room, an attic, or a garage when it's dark and there is no light, you can't make anything out clearly. But take a bright flashlight and turn it on for just a second, and all of a sudden, things come into clarity real quick. I see this, and I see it like I could not have seen it in the dark before. This is the Father of illumination. That when we let him into our soul, just like that flashlight, he illumines for us that we can see things that we could not see before. Things that are harboring the fullness of the experience of Christ and his kingdom in our lives. He illuminates them. And he doesn't illuminate them to shame us. He illuminates them so that we join with his mind over the thing we see. Not only do we see the brokenness within, we gain his thoughts and his understanding of that brokenness. And the Holy Spirit, by his love, draws what he has illuminated to the surface to one end. So that we might offer it to the healer. When God exposes and illuminates the darkness and brokenness and dysfunctions and disorders within our soul. He does it because it's the very thing he wants us to come to him with so that he might heal and mend and restore. The Holy Spirit has given us to illumine us toward the healing and reception of mercy and grace and being made whole again that work of Christ every day in our lives. Which is why St. James continues as if to say, therefore, since the Holy Spirit illuminates us like this, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the word, the implanted word. What's the implanted word? Jesus Christ is the implanted word who is able to save our souls. A second blessing of God's illumination 
for every Christian by the Holy Spirit in our lives is this. And boy, do we need it in these days. It is the Holy Spirit coming alongside us in our thought life. In our thought life. Every minute of every day for the ones who walk in fellowship with him. The thought life, which is the greatest, and the church fathers for 2,000 plus years have said this, the real and true and biggest battlefield of every Christian is in the thought life. And we know this is true. He comes alongside us to share the mind of Christ, as we said, in order to safeguard our own soul from our enemy who is constantly at work, hurling deceits, distractions, falseness into our thoughts by all of the chaos and things of this world. I don't know if I've ever known a time that he has more access to our thoughts by information than in this day and age. Christ wants to share his mindless to help us be sober and vigilant in these days over every thought. And why? Because the thinking, the ways of thinking, the patterns of thinking, the passions, the disorders, and the politics of this fallen world are poison to the Christian. Take just a small dose of that poison, and you will find the experience of joy and peace in your life beginning to diminish in just moments. In just moments. And you will begin to experience the burdening of your conscience. And you will begin to feel in life in this world so very weighed down and heavy laden. And this is not our Lord's desire for your existence in him and in his kingdom. Yes, we will suffer in this world, but we ought not suffer as this world. Our Lord has offered us the foretaste of the kingdom of God, the foretaste of the completeness of his peace that he shares with his people and his joy. That's what he wants us to experience. And those who pray, as St. Paul spoke of praying without ceasing, those who have the least disrupted fellowship with God in their lives, to those he gives this illumination to discern all things that come into our minds. How can we have the Holy Spirit share the mind of Christ to be that great filter over everything that comes into our cranes. How can we think that this is possible if we're not walking in daily intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit who shares it? But those who walk with the Holy Spirit in this life as disciples of Christ and learn to hear the voice of the shepherd, to those, all of the stuff that comes from this world gets quickly filtered out because Christ shares his mind with us, both to keep us at peace and also that we can take our place together as the kingdom of priests to intercede for what he's shown us. To pray from his mind, to pray from his heart over all of this brokenness. That we too might detach from this world, utterly detach, and be able to walk in the victory of Christ's safeguarding these things. I say the words of St. Cyril one last time. The Spirit changes those in whom he comes to dwell, and he alters the whole pattern of their lives. With the Spirit within them, it is quite natural for people who have been absorbed by the things of this world to be
become entirely otherworldly for the kingdom of God to become their world. May we give ourselves so over to fellowship with Christ in the daily that our hearts are kept safely from the damage and disorders of this world to the end that our hearts may be stayed and fixed upon Christ and his kingdom where our true joys and peace lie. For Christ is risen. Indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed. Christ is risen.